2: Market-moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber. We are looking for some stability today after the S&P's first four-day loss since February. Got Powell and Mnuchin on the Hill. Talking pandemic response, Tesla battery day, the UK announces some new lockdown restrictions and oil is trying to reclaim 40. Our roadmap begins with Fed Chair Powell and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, what to expect from today's testimony in front of the House Financial Services Committee and how the markets may react.
0: Then we're going to talk a bit about this tri stake in our parent company, Comcast, what is behind the thinking at tri and what, if anything, might occur as a
2: result. And finally, as we said, Tesla's battery day, why that stock's trying to recover this morning after yet another tweet from Elon Musk, which is part of the discussion today, Jim, uh, whether or not he's setting expectations in a different way, saying that some of this high-volume production is a phenomenon still a couple of years away.
3: Yeah, he's given us an under-promise over-deliver, I think, which is highly unlike him, uh, uh, but it could make for a little more pizzazz. I mean, there's been so much talk about battery day, maybe it lowers expectations and blows them out, but this is one of those days, Carl, where you come in, and the shelling has stopped. So what do people get? You know, people come out and they want to buy Tesla. They want to buy Amazon. Positive notes about Apple. Positive note about Facebook. It's just become the pattern. You're waiting and waiting for when the selling's over. And then, David, they cannot resist. They're down 15 and 17%. And what do they do? Apple down 25. They can't stay away, David. They just can't.
0: They can't for that long, although, to be fair, you just said it. I mean, the percentage declines have been fairly significant in the names that we know best and that were the most loved.
3: You're right. You're right. You know, I went over Qualcomm. I went over Cisco and I went over Intel 1998 to March of 2000. And we did not have a reversal as great as we just had for most of these stocks. And I think that's pretty interesting because we were all saying 1999, 2000, that's what we're doing. You look at that, you didn't have that kind of reversal. So it makes me feel uh, a little better about the market. Uh, at the same time, when you have things like Tesla and Battery Day, you start thinking, are we really like in that kind of fantasy world? Wasn't that like, uh, no, look, he's no Nikola. I mean, Nikola was a fiasco. Uh, Tesla's good. But, Carl, uh, the focus on Battery Day as a recent months, <laughs> You want to buy stocks just does, it kind of makes you laugh a little.
2: Right, right. Well, of course, back then, at least with Cisco, Jim, we didn't have stories in the journal suggesting that the Chinese were building a tech blacklist and that names like Cisco might be on it.
3: Yeah, I mean, very funny because Cisco's... uh, Chuck Robbins left left China a long time ago. He's got about two percent. Why? Because he knows that China is not the place to deal with. Now, we have a, a recommendation today about applied materials. And a lot of it is, hey, listen, don't worry about China. I always worry about China. Now, I am not where Kyle Bass is. Uh, Kyle Bass is being uh, is correctly analyzing this as an unfair situation where the Chinese get all our data and we get nothing. Uh, but what I care about is when you start a piece about applied materials and you say, don't worry about China. What do I do? Of course, I worry about China. I mean, David, when you are told not to worry and you weren't worried to begin with, um, doesn't it therefore make you worried? Yes.
0: It's always a sign that you should worry if you aren't worried when you're told to worry or asked why you aren't worried.
3: <laughs> I agree. And now I'm worried. You're worried. Yes. Yeah, I'm worried, too. <laughs> I mean, Carl, some of these companies have such a concentration in China that you have to wonder whether they're just going to pick them off one by one, because the TikTok, uh, the key issue of the TikTok, I think, was the president wanted to win so much that the only way to get a win was to just uh, make the Chinese look like. uh, Let's see. uh, David, help me here. How did he make the Chinese look? Well, I don't know yet, because this thing is far from over. Well, that's diplomatic. I think he's trying to pants him there. I did it. Yeah. But
0: I mean, I know it's, it's just to pants a, such PLR. a weird time that we're in a we're in a, 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 a place where the U.S. government basically helps to structure a transaction. Right.
3: But, David, it's 100 million people and it's videos. Hey, Carl, when you look at these videos, don't you feel your IQ just going seeping down? I mean, it's amazing when I watch the videos, I just say, wow, stupid time, 50 minutes of stupid
2: time. Yeah, it's, I think a viewer wrote in yesterday saying every time we roll the TikTok VO on our screen, it just gives them another reason maybe to look away uh, for a moment. Yeah, I mean it's um, but you know what is it, Jim? Is it silly, as we said, silly kid and cat videos, or are algorithms that? Uh, threaten national security. Yeah. That's well, the, at the heart of this debate.
3: I mean, there was, there was a great book called The Manchurian Candidate and a great original, not the later one, as Mark Haynes always talked about. The original one was so great with Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. And you do feel like there is an element of brainwashing, David. It's an element where you just say, you know what? The Chinese have my information, and in return, I get to get stupid. Maybe. Or does it all just go back
0: to the Tulsa rally?
3: It goes back to the Tulsa rally. But, David, you're not supposed to say that.
0: Okay, sorry, we didn't say it.
3: Dave, yeah, you just, you just, you just did the unthinkable.
0: Really? That's unthinkable. I'm. Um, yeah, well, you. It's a there security that. Yeah. National
3: security Suddenly, you're talking about the Tulsa rally. Why? Because the Tulsa rally was almost empty because of TikTok. You really think that someone's that vengeful? Is that yeah. what you're thinking? Yes. You say that right here I'm on air.
0: Just basing it on history. Um, by the way, as a resident of New York, or, I think you know, we know what that feels like. I mean, they're coming at us every day, right? Well, It's anarchy here. Yeah, but we've got
3: Mnuchin and Powell who are on the team. Carl, they make it so that when they speak, you have to cover your shorts and do some buying because they are the last vestige of trying to get the small and medium-sized business, some money before they're all closed. I mean, you know, every day we come in, and well, it, I don't know if you guys watch it, but there's like a steakhouse chain that goes under, there's new restaurants, a five-chain goes under. Carl, it is very hard to maintain social distance and also maintain profitability.
2: I saw your tweet this morning about uh, Watch Pennsylvania as uh, they go to 50% restaurants, uh, except for Philly, as you said, sticking to 25%. i am reminded of two things, guys. One is... Um, The president last night saying, and I'm quoting here, the virus affects virtually nobody. Uh, Nobody It's an amazing thing. And then Powell's uh, statement, uh, which we'll hear later on this morning, and that is that the path forward will depend on keeping the virus under control. And we know what Boris Johnson is uh, saying this morning in the UK. In fact, really quick, guys, take a listen to what uh, the prime minister there is saying about these new lockdown restrictions, which could last as long as six months.
1: Mr. Speaker, we will spare no effort in developing vaccines, treatments, new forms of mass testing. But unless we palpably make progress, we should assume that the restrictions I have announced will remain in place for perhaps six months.
2: It's just a sense of urgency, Jim, that we
3: don't get here. No, look, the more you you dig down this problem, you see that 40 percent of the deaths are in nursing homes. You see a big spike every time they open restaurants and bars because of the aerosol. We can talk about that. The CDC is a highly erratic organization. Uh, I, frankly, I, I don't really understand. I always thought that that was one of those places you, if you're really smart, you want to work at. But I, I had uh, David Ricks on last night from Eli Lilly. And you, if you read between the lines, I know David is so interested in this, even more interested in maybe the Comcast story. They have. He's talking about the monoclonal antibodies, David. Absolutely stopping it. He's saying it can happen. They bring a uh, RV to nursing homes where there's an outbreak and everybody gets the monoclonal antibodies and they are getting some very positive results. So maybe you can do that in hotspots like yeah. colleges. But it's very hard to do bars. Look, if you open the bars in Philadelphia right now at 25 percent, do you know how many fistfights are going to happen about the Eagles? Everybody's going to get it. Well, they do
0: show the correlation between opening bars and cases going up and yes. closing bars and cases coming down. Um, and it would seem that is one key area for spreading contagion, unfortunately. Boris Johnson, listen, let's not forget, he almost died. Uh, he was, yes. you know, he um, he was very sick uh, early on in the pandemic, of course, having uh, having had COVID and been in intensive care. Um, Jim, you know, when you step back and you look at the heartache in this country, whether it is uh, people suffering from COVID and the and results of it and the deaths, or when you, uh, there were people who were stuck at home with kids who aren't going to school, or people who've lost their homes and wildfires in California, or, I mean, you go on and on. Let's not forget, there's no shortage out there of, uh, of heartache in all sorts of different ways.
3: Right, I, th- I think that fundamentally, you have to figure out the single parent who has a job but also has children at home, and what do you do? And uh, one of the things that we've always taken, I mean, I was a latchkey kid. What is that, when you're like your mom and dad are working? I mean, you know, you come home and you're alone, you watch some TV. It's not bad, but it's not really like that anymore. I mean, you, you go to school in an inner city, and the school is a great place, and it really helps the parent. And, Carl, when you make a parent choose between the job and the the child i think it should be the child but i understand people's finances and that's why we need stimulus Is it so hard to figure out that we need stimulus when you have a single parent trying to figure out what to do and torture between going to work and being a mom or dad? I mean, this is why Washington is so dysfunctional. We are so worried about the hundred million people who decide to get stupid every day, and we're not worried about the single parent, the spouse, the parent, the mom, who's trying to figure out whether to go to work, lose her job, take take care of her kid. I, I, I can't believe that this is happening all over the country. But since school, started that's the choice that we're forcing people to make
2: (laughs) yep yep which is why obviously uh we always come back to the vaccine timelines jim i was looking at bernstein's timeline which is not all that encouraging today uh they are allowing for some emergency use potentially in november but they're talking approval for pfizer second quarter uh moderna second quarter AZN, mid-21, wow. J&J, mid-21, and, and then, as you said, uh, your guest on Lilly yesterday, all the uh, emphasis on therapies as well, and then antibodies. Take a listen.
3: Speed is a hallmark
0: of the industry's response to, to COVID-19, and I, I don't think most everyday listeners understand. I mean, we, we developed this antibody and got to proof of concept in six months. Usually, that's more than
3: six years.
2: Wow. All right, Jim. So hopefully hopefully we'll err on the side of optimism here.
3: Well, look, we have masks and we have social distancing, and those work uh, uh, until you take them off. I mean, that's one of the reasons restaurants and bars are such hot spots. You can't eat and wear a mask. Now, masks, I know that there's different people who say masks don't matter. Can we stop that already? If everybody wears a mask, things are better. I mean, look at the California numbers, look at the Arizona numbers. But empirically, people don't want to look at the numbers. They, they you know, now they're only talking about deaths. Look, I think that one of the things that we've learned about COVID is, is that it's not just death. There's so many illnesses that are uh, that stick with people who have COVID. And anybody who knows anyone who had COVID knows that a lot of people don't bounce back immediately. And I think that those numbers are very daunting about the vaccine. But it has to do with the fact that how do you decide that one person is doing better with the placebo than the other person who has the vaccine? The answer is you've got to go about six months. And I think that why we're not focused on that uh, is crazy. Elevators, Carl, elevators to offices. Trading desks where everyone's next to each other, sneezing, which we have to accept the fact if you have a mask is better than if you don't. And, and all this is very surreal because we all know that it's making a comeback. You can see the the charts. You just go to The New York Times. They're all like this. And yet there's so many denial. There's so many people in denial. You
0: know, right. I don't get it. Jim, meanwhile, to come back, though, to, a, to, a, to another large issue, which you touched on, but we should again, is... What is the prospect for getting some relief out of Congress in terms of some bill? I mean, last week, it seemed as though we were creeping closer to it. Right. Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, uh, seemed to be more optimistic than he had been. And yet here we are. And now, of course, this pitch battle that's going to take place in terms of potential replacement for Chief uh, for uh, Justice Ginsburg Um there are a lot of people who think we're never going to see relief package. Never. At I'm least not for the
3: remainder of the president's I know. term. I'm getting in that camp. And Carl, it is, it's is—it's the wrong camp. You can't choose kid versus job. It's not fair. And that's what they're making. Yeah.
2: Uh, When we come back, guys, we'll uh, try to set up Powell Mnuchin as best as we can. Got an upgrade of Amazon and some news over there as well. Uh, Some reports this morning of layoffs at Brookfield and Ralph Lauren. We'll delve into that with futures trying to hold here. Back in a minute. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals
0: Welcome back, news out late yesterday that Triane, of course, the very well known activist focused uh, fund had taken a position in our parent company Comcast helped to stabilize, if not send those shares higher from what had been a significantly down day. They did move up towards the end of the day. You can see regaining a bit of ground. The stock had been as high as 47 though a few days ago before the market's overall uh, downturn. What can we tell you about this? Of course, Trianne has set down about 0.4%, you know, dollar wise, still a fairly significant sum though. As a percentage, of course, quite small, given Comcast is a more than 200 billion dollar market cap company. Um, the focus here. Listen, they're not sharing a try and very much. They they don't want to make this uh, a, a play out in the media, at least not at this point. You never know when that might choose to be the case. But uh, their focus is on what at least many people might be expected to focus on the divergence in multiples that a broadband company such as Charter gets uh, versus an entertainment company. And of course, Comcast comprises both. Uh, It's got a significant broadband presence in this country, as our viewers well know, of course. Uh, And when you look at the performance of Comcast versus Charter, you can understand. Some investors would say, well, wait a second, why can't you throw a multiple that Charter is getting on the broadband business? Put, Put the Disney multiple on the rest of the business, and man, you get a much higher stock price. But will Brian Roberts do anything to actually try and address that? Listen, he He's a long-term guy, uh, and he's a very aggressive guy, as we all know and as we've seen through the many deals that Comcast has engineered for many years, of course, the most recent of which was Sky. Now, that was a high price that was paid for Sky, and given the pandemic and given what's happened to theme parks and given what's happened to um, to movie theaters, and we can go through all of it, of course, the company overall has seen EBITDA come down. The leverage ratio remains fairly high. None of that means that Brian Roberts is going to in any way entertain the idea of Potentially splitting the company at this point. And even if that were to potentially even be the slightest thought in his mind, my understanding is he would always want to have the same voting control for the Roberts family that they currently have. And that gets us back to the key point here 33.5%. That's what it is, Jim. Roberts controls 33.5% of the votes at Comcast. You're not going to get anything done. Uh, certainly not in an unfriendly way and not in any way, most likely you can talk. You can have a conversation as try in and Comcast have. You can keep it very civil. And by the way, you might even be able to sort of agree on certain things in terms of how do you go about proving the sort of broadband multiple more. Would you ever consider doing some things down the road? But take a look at the long term there, Jim. That's that's still value creation over a long period of time. And that's what Brian Roberts is going to argue and doesn't even need to when you have 33 and percent votes.
3: Yeah. In, in full fairness, I own a lot of stock and uh, I, I have to say that uh, I will say that it, is there a lot of synergy between some of the pieces? Well, I mean, maybe it would go up if you if you separate it. But why don't go after companies that do badly? I've never been a big believer in, in going after companies and rattling the cage, particularly ones where they're not going to do anything that, that have done well. And, you know, I, I was a believer in Sky, David, yeah. and I still am. I mean, you, look, there's a pandemic. Who knows what the heck's going on with people? But I, I I they made a bold move. And so far, it's they said that the stock would go down and then it would have a big run. And that's exactly what happened. So why go against someone that actually had a plan? Plan's working. Yeah. Uh uh, you know, listen.
0: Sky was a was a, as you well know, as we all. I mean, I covered it every day, every minute. Uh, was a robust auction, and they and uh, Comcast did pay a very high price. Uh, added leverage, of course, as well. Although still, uh, still has plenty of cash to to fund potential investment in the business. Um, but you're right, Jim. Uh, that is sort of what they'd anticipated. Obviously, nobody anticipated the pandemic and the impact that that's having, particularly on on uh, particularly on um, on theme parks. Uh, You know, listen, when you talk to bankers, their their dream, of course, is this idea. Well, maybe get AT&T to spin out Warner and then you could spin NBC into Warner and create a giant media conglomerate that could compete with anybody and everybody, including the Netflixes of the world. Doesn't seem likely that's going to happen either. Bankers love to drain these things up. It's not as though Comcast hasn't considered every option uh, and will at least entertain conversations with try where they talk about these things. But does anything really come of it? That much is very hard to imagine.
3: David, David, remember when we met with that great American Jeff Bucus? Yes. And I came up with an extremely short term idea to break the company up. Yes. And he said that's an extremely short term idea to break the company up. But sometimes I think, well, you, you don't. We may, if we saw the theme parks working right now, this stock could be a 55. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard. The theme parks are fabulous. We know that Disney's down a lot because of the theme park. Look, I, I totally respect trying. They do unbelievable work. I love their white papers. I hope we get one. But again, I mean, go... I don't think you should go after the guys that have created a lot of value. Yeah. Well, listen,
0: I mean, by the way, we don't know they may have bought the stock. You know, this this stock was in the mid-30s, early pandemic. So, and they've been buying the stock for some time. There's their statement. Well, they got to win. They believe it's undervalued. They've begun these conversations. Doesn't mean we're going to see a white paper. Doesn't mean we're going to see much of anything at this point. Uh, but it is certainly interesting to focus on. Sure and it, is. there is, it, it is, of course, no... There is no doubt that there's got to be frustration when you look at charter up twenty six point six percent this year uh, as a result of being a pure broadband play. But that is not the
2: strategy that's
0: been embraced at
2: Comcast. Carl, over to you. All right, guys, a lot to get to this morning as we uh, await Powell and Mnuchin in front of House Financial Services later on this morning. Squawk on the streets back after a break with futures trying to hang on to the green.
1: John Fort sits down with NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wong and ServiceNow CEO Bill McDermott on the future of AI, live from ServiceNow's Knowledge 2024 conference in Vegas. Closing Bell Overtime, today for Eastern CNBC.
2: The price increases on Apple continue. Last week it was uh, Jeffries and Needham, a city uh, yesterday, and today it's Ray J going to 120. And with that, Apple is the Dow gainer at the moment, pre-market.
0: Time now for a mad dash. You know, Amazon shares are only up 60% this
3: year now, Jim. But, David, they've been down 16% in the last couple of weeks. It's kind of like the others, like Apple. There's a piece of research I'm looking at, and I genuinely like it. It's a Bernstein piece. It's an upgrade, hold to buy. And what I like it is... The analyst, uh, Mike Schmulick, sorry if I don't pronounce your name correctly, he he admits that he undervalued the sole e-commerce demand aggregator, undervalued and was uh, skeptical about one day uh, shipping. Talks about how he just really didn't see the fulfillment capacity and the flywheel nature of prime. And I think it's great that a guy comes in, he uses the, the breakdown to to put the money to work and say, listen, it's time. Sometimes it's just really good to own up and admit that you didn't get it right. But now you got the break. And you're changing your mind. I yeah. like that.
0: He's, yeah. Um, e-commerce is permanently inflected, and everyone's beating, being treated like a winner.
3: Yes. David, are you going to inflect today? <laughs> I inflected over the weekend when the Eagles lost. I don't yeah. know, Carl. I, I really feel like that, 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 that these that Fang... Got buried yesterday. Everyone decided that Fang was dead again. I find, as I always say to Dave, David, because I'm a soupy sales fan, l- uh, l- uh, Fang is back. Fang is back. Okay. Uh, when
2: Fang is your safe haven asset, Jim, I mean, look what uh, Peloton and Zoom and DocuSign did yesterday uh, uh, in a pretty uh, rough tape. Yeah,
3: I mean, Zoom is Zoom is just total lockdown. It, it's up up from 26 percent in the last seven days. Uh, But Zoom stands for Jamie Dimon. I'm sorry, they're not coming back. Uh, And and I think that people have to recognize that when you're, you know, this four people in an elevator thing where you're all supposed to look, you know, I don't know if you have you been in an elevator. Uh, yeah, I've
0: been in an elevator. Well, you first. look
3: at this. You look that way. I right. look that way. Carl looks this way. Hopefully, well, it's not a fourth person. It's
0: only. Oh. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not in there with anybody else other than my well, dog, maybe, or my family. Yeah.
3: Well, you can't yeah. do if you're going to a trading desk, David. No, just, no, I have not been in an elevator it, in an office. Right. Well, elevators. To me, I'd rather be in a plane. Uh, a, a, really, I'd rather be in a plane than be in an elevator. And it takes forever. You I wait think- in line. It's so, I mean, better to Zoom than, to, than have Jim. someone confident. The, commercial, the commercial real estate
0: uh, industry of New York thanks you. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. Well, there's not- Carl, they're there's nothing to do about. Like.
3: Every banker tested. Why is the NFL doing okay? Why is ba- baseball doing okay now? Uh, why is basketball? Why- UFC, all of them at Fight Club, they're apparently on some island. Nobody knows where they are. I mean, all the pro sports are doing well because of testing, testing, testing. And uh, exactly. I think bankers have to be testing, testing, testing. Goldman, testing, testing, testing. Yeah. Ralph uh, Lauren, testing, testing, testing. The,
2: the, yeah, there's a headline right now that Barclays is bringing back 1,000 people in the U.K. who were going into the office, uh, obviously, after those new lockdown restrictions were announced. And the whole return to work push in the U.K. is now being reversed. Uh, opening bell, guys, wow. we'll, we'll watch for breath. It was fascinating, uh, Jim, to listen to Barry Diller talk about returning to work realistically as a June of next year story. He said, until employers tell workers, you are coming back, nothing is going to start again because uh, the fear among the rank and file just remains too acute. Well, look, I mean, you have
3: grown-ups who have kids. You have grown-ups who produce a lot of money. Uh, at banks and they have houses. They are getting this is the urban exodus. So they've got country houses. The numbers of country houses and urban exodus in New Jersey. The numbers are amazing. And they're not coming back because they don't want to get sick. And now, I know there's a big cohort in this country that thinks that you don't get sick. Uh, I don't there. Maybe they don't aren't in uh, in office towers, but there is a propensity to believe that Zoom is doing better than if you're there. I know that's ridiculous, but if everybody's in Zoom, if Barclays is pitching business and Goldman's pitching business and Morgan Stanley's pitching business and everyone's using Zoom, well, then you don't have to go anywhere. It's not like someone has an edge. No one's going to come in and say, listen, I want to pitch you software. I don't want you pitching me software. I don't want you anywhere near me, David. This is about as close as I want to get to you, frankly. Yeah, and that this is as close as you and I,
0: unfortunately, have been able to get to each other in quite some time. It's made for very difficult to have
3: more intimate conversations. Well, the CDC's probably going to come way. out for 30 seconds and say it's a 16-foot yeah. projectile and take it down. Remember, the CDC was used to be yeah. like this really intense. <laughs> now, yeah, I mean, they used to be something else like Hopkins. Make no, Hopkins well, they, the, the, the CDC.
0: squat gang talked to Scott Gottlieb about that this morning, and he, he meant no words as well in terms of the credibility of the CDC. No, he sure did. CEC. Although listening to you, Jim, you would really, I mean, you are... You're scaring me today a little bit. I mean, well, it's not scare. It's I mean, I, I do walk around the city of New York. There's everybody outside enjoying dinner.
2: So
3: where exactly,
0: you know, people are doing fine. Yeah, but if the doing restaurant has the tables within well, six anarchist
2: feet. jurisdiction, David. Y- yeah, yeah,
0: I know. Carl, it's really bad out there in Central Park. All those people playing spike ball everywhere. It's terrible.
3: It's anarchy. I'm telling you, anarchy. It's just bars and restaurants. That's what I care. About. And it's unfortunately that I own a bar and a restaurant. But I recognize the potential. Carl, it is so hard. Well, I Jim, see people trying to have a corona with the mask on. It is just, it's so hard. It's just hard. Yeah. All right, Jim, if well, you're right, then we sure, need. Uh, yeah,
0: sorry, Carl, we need more. St- I mean, you keep, uh, what uh, you keep saying, Jim, leads me to relief. We need to have a bill out of Congress that is going to actually provide in some fashion. Well, why you do you think to I what keep you're mentioning saying this? About you, the future. Why? You're not even talking about a return to normalcy you anytime remember soon. Do you when Secretary
3: Mnuchin talked about business insurance interruption? Right. The interruption, you get insurance until you get the vaccine. That's all. I'm just saying that makes 14, 15 million people are involved in, in situations that Danny Meyer. It, it, were you going to any of Danny Meyer's places lately? I How would. about you going to the Den having that expensive wine with Barche? Just kidding. That's a guy who's a reference to Paul Weiss. He's really amazing, fantastic guy. We used to do business over over dinner and you can't do that anymore, Carl. You just can't. I might make an exception for what's also
2: true, Jim, (laughs) is that uh, is that people want to get a car, their own car, rather than take Uber. That's the thesis behind Piper today on Carvana. Uh, You got Goldman upping both Carvana and Vroom. Carvana is offering a billion in senior notes. Uh, They see potential EBITDA break even in Q3, Jim. So and between that and AutoZone and CarMax. I mean, it's all about autos today.
3: Oh, and I think that the used auto business is unbelievable. The AutoZone, uh, you know, when you do double the comps that people expect, I like the Carvana uh, piece. I've used Carvana, by the way. It's kind of cool. I mean, we bought the car. We didn't like it. They took it back. Can you imagine? Once it usually leaves a lot, you're like finished. It's pretty good. So, uh, yes, Carl, people wanna, don't want to carpool anymore, and they don't want to use public transit. Uh, we still haven't seen the end of the uh, – there's still an, uh, an over uh, – let's say an overhang of too many used cars. But I think it's only a matter of time before the car business turns up, along with the house business. And that's how you get one of the booms. And then the bus is uh, uh, residential real estate in cities and, uh, and and restaurants. And that can be protected. You can coordinate off and help people. Trying to figure out what to do with colleges, Carl. That's my – Next one that I'm focused on. Well, colleges are,
0: are hanging in there.
3: Uh, some of them, many of them, are hanging in there, and they're keeping the students there, by the way,
0: which is the smart thing to do. Is your son tested repeatedly? Yeah, twice a week. Twice a week. Uh, and uh, if you get it, you're sent off to the quarantine prison. Nobody wants to get it because that quarantine prison does not look good. I think they slide your meals under the door. Uh, so yeah, Bucknell's got a beautiful hotel if
3: you're quarantined.
0: It's going well, and we can only hope it does. So it you're telling me that you should choose a college a depending
3: upon where very, the quarantine is? No,
0: it's not. It's a very rough approximation of a college at this point. Uh, by the way, I, what I feel for, Jim, are all the kids who are just fully remote in every way. Again, back to that, whether it's, whether it's kids at home, in grade school, all the way up, and obviously those who are taking college from their from their bedroom. That is not what people anticipated. Guys, uh, to change it up for a moment here, I want to get back to some news, things that I've been covering, that we've been covering. Tiffany, of course, that battle with LVMH, which continues. We got an important ruling yesterday from the uh, Delaware Chancery Court. Remember, Tiffany wanted to expedite a hearing or expedite the trial in which it is suing to say, hey, you got a bias at 135, enough already. Those are my words. Um, (laughs) The judge did come out and give us a date. It wasn't exactly what Tiffany had hoped for. They would have loved to have had something prior to November 24th when at least LVMH can walk away, so to speak. Uh, but it is January 5th. Well, you say, well, they can walk away. What does that mean? Well, they're going to have to go to trial. They're going to have to show up. They're scheduling four days for it. We'll see if Bernard Arnault uh, is to, uh, actually has to get on the stand and oh, a lot of other things that are going to be discussed here. They had the hearing yesterday. I did not listen to a word for word. However, the people I rely on for judgment in terms of terms of it said they don't believe the arguments made by uh, LVMH were particularly strong in any way, shape or form uh, in terms of continuing to argue for material adverse effect. That said, here's what LVMH had to say. And again, it'll be January 5th, by the way. And then you'll have the trial. And if they're forced to close, they're going to be forced to close. It's called specific performance. Um. That LVMH statement was fairly simple, which is, we we think we'll demonstrate to the American justice system that the management of Tiffany during the COVID crisis constitutes a material adverse effect. Jim, they've come back a lot. Now, again, this gets into another argument. LVMH says, come on, they haven't really come back fully in any way, although luxury has to a certain extent. I mean, that's the whole idea. You you can't have a material adverse effect at one point and then not have it when you're closing. Um, We'll see where things end up. I'm, you know, we all would love to see Bernard Arnault on the stand. I just can't imagine it's ever going to get to that. They're going to figure something out here,
3: well, probably, is what happens. The, look, I keep going back to Simon Properties. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, you that make That starts in Michigan
0: November ooh, November 13th, 17th. I'm not sure.
3: That trial will start fairly soon, Jim. Well, do you remember during the, the great crisis in 2008, 2009, there are companies that would be sold to other companies, and then there would be, like, The business would go bad, and you had to own it anyway. You had to buy it anyway. Sometimes you had actually. There were a couple that had to buy basically
0: bankrupt entities. A
3: credit home lending.
0: Yeah, L E N D. Remember that one? Yep, that's right. And was it? Uh, They bought it, and the next day they closed it. Exactly, because a contract's a contract. So we'll see what the Delaware Chancery Court has to say. Did you go to law school?
3: I did not. Because that's the first thing you learn is a contract's a contract. Really? And then the second thing you learn is specific (laughs) performance. You got to show up. Right. Right. I mean, unless your voice is bad, the opera singer's got to show up because they agreed to show up. Famous, famous case. Carl, I think that these are two companies that they got had by the, by the virus, not by themselves. I thought, I thought Barry Diller was great today by saying that there's just a lost era because of this. He was good today. He, Man, he, he had Diller so much good. to say
2: on, on reopening, on TikTok, on CapEx, I mean, on Vegas MGM. Uh, Diller really delivered uh, some insight today. Jim, you mentioned the Amazon upgrade over at Bernstein, yes. and we're watching Peloton today because of this uh, agreement with Echelon. Uh, which would be Amazon's first ever connected fitness stationary bike. Uh, 4 dollars is a fraction of what a Peloton bike goes for now, Jim, especially when you have to wait. Uh, I think it's 7 to 11 weeks.
3: Um, yeah, I, the, the wait's long, and uh, Amazon is somebody you just don't want to tussle with. I mean, David once did this incredible special, the one where he talked about the third. Oh, stop laughing. It was a great piece. Thank you. My father and I watched it like seven times. Know, right? David, when they decide that they want to own something, have they ever failed when they want to own a market?
0: Rarely. They rarely, yeah. I mean, again, you know, this is, listen, this is a key contention and, and, and something that is being looked at from a competitive perspective by the antitrust authorities as well, Jim, the idea that do they compete with their third-party merchants when they see how things are going and then introduce their own product? Well, I think they have All I, right know know is, I don't know. This. I have an Amazon Razor now. I don't know about you. And it was much cheaper. What do you mean, Amazon, like, to shave? Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 A lot of blades you get for, you know, well, you know I mean, need- it's not quite as good as, but but hey, well, it's I didn't know. Yeah, they not going
3: to crush Gillette. I, I know Harry's, but yeah, Harry's- they're going to crush Harry's, crush Harry's, and the other guys. Meanwhile, look at the these ones been- who were bought by Unilever. Just to switch to layoffs for a second, yeah. Brookfield, twenty yeah. percent layoff, Ralph Lauren layoff, Marriott layoff, no stimulus needed, everything's great.
0: Um, yeah, the hotel business is not an easy business. No, I mean, be you heard Barry you know, Dilley said Airbnb, Airbnb is the I mean, way. Listen, New York City's got so many hotels closed. By the way, not just 27
3: percent you, arrears. You go through
0: any major city. There's no tourists. There's no business people for the most part. These places, if they're operating at all, are operating with skeletal staffs. I had a friend who was in a, in a hotel recently in, in, in Minneapolis. Basically, there's three people running the hotel. Lights I, are I off. I had in a friend who went places, to LA. Any food.
3: I know. They give you. You can get a cheese sandwich in a totally uh, vacuum-packed thing. I like. I mean, Carl. People don't recognize that this industry has stopped. It it's stopped the inn business. Well, I own mean, I, I um, a piece of an inn. Do you think anybody shows up at in an inn? No. No, well, I, I would can tell you. Have I have, have thought inn, maybe a I mean, restaurant and a bar. I'm the most. Stu- I should go watch TikTok all day. That's the only way I'd be more stupid than I am with an inn, a restaurant, and a bar.
2: Yeah. I mean, there, there, I guess there was some summer vacation uh, drive location business. I mean, I know we went to Lake George this summer, but you're right. Minimal staffing. I see Lowe's today, Jim, is doing a contactless locker where you have contact with no human being. It's put in a locker and then you go pick it up on your own.
3: I hate humans. <laughs> David? Yeah. Humans, mm-hmm. major source of COVID. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. How about the air? I keep coming back to the aerosol. The CDC aerosol, they did a flash sale. You know, it's like guilt.com, the CDC. Well, because they, did a flash they had sale. On, the
0: advisory was on, and then it was off. Yeah, it's so a flash sale. What is your takeaway from
3: that, Jim? <laughs> oh, my, it's obvious that aerosol, I mean, when, when people sneeze, they project COVID to you, and uh, maybe you die, fewer people die. Uh, that's terrific. But I think that, that the CDC's flash sale made a lot of sense.
0: Carl, I think my takeaway from today hearing Jim is that the three of us are not going to be on a set together for a while, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, what's
2: Yeah. This is yeah. a new and world. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've I've been asking. I've been asking, you know, what's know. at least give us a timeline. When can we start to think about being on set? Or what kinds of things could they do at the exchange to mitigate the risk? But I just don't think that conversation's happening Did yet.
3: Did you see the fines, Carl, for the for the teams in the NFL where they didn't wear the mask? The NFL's really serious. They know the masks are good. But, you know, then again, they're testing, testing, testing. I, I just think that's what uh, Speaker Pelosi always says. That's how you somehow look. We're all watching football. There's just no covid. I mean, wh- how is that possible? Those guys are in contact with their, the answer is, is they're testing and no one is going anywhere. If you work for the NFL, I think they just go home. Uh, how Does anyone know how come there's no covid in the NFL? Get Dave. Where's David Tepper? Jim, Let me get Tepper on the phone. Find Jim, out what that story is. I, I think
2: the, I think the quote is, I said, slow the testing down. That's the quote. So that sort of gives you a sense of where uh, sentiment is, at least in the executive branch on testing in this country.
3: Well, I mean, all I can tell you is, is that when when you see testing, people lead their lives differently. They tend not to go out. They tend not to go to these restaurants and they're not going to bars. And I think that when you see what happened in the United Kingdom, it's pretty obvious that people started going out and having a having a darn great time. And, David, you're not going to have a great time in a pandemic. Let's just own that. You're going to sit out in the back, maybe have a barbecue, but otherwise you're miserable. That's because if you're miserable, it stops.
0: Some people are not willing to take that trade off. Um, Well, in some ways, I I guess you can't blame them. Uh,
3: The real lockdown countries, what did they do? They went two months and they just locked it down completely. And that's who wins. Total lockdown wins. But we don't want to do that. Carl, uh, we do have a, a you the know, protocols are very tough in the NFL. Thank you, David. Teppers. Life uh,
0: life in the market overall, as you know, uh, Carl, with the S&P up about a half a percent, although Tesla and Netflix uh, are down. I want to send it back to you. I know you're going to head over to Bob Sonny as well.
2: Yeah, let's let, let's do it. Thirty-two eight. Let's get to Bob. Morning, Bob.
1: Good morning, guys. I'm eager to rejoin you guys at the NYSC as well. I've been in touch with them regularly. They're taking active measures uh, to control any potential outbreak. There hasn't been any down there at the New York Stock Exchange. I think the problem is just getting there, using the subways, as well as the fact that there's almost nobody on Wall Street to talk to physically and that trading in homes has been very successful overall. I think that's a big issue we all have to face, but I share your desire to get back there. Uh, Four down days for the S&P. We'll see if we can break that. Look at the uh, sectors here. Consumer discretionary, modestly on the upside. Tech modestly on the upside. Healthcare still weak, had a very rough day yesterday. If you look at the mega cap names, uh, they are just all over the place in the last 2 days uh, A- apple this morning was was 103 at the open uh, folks yesterday It's 111 today. Yesterday, 103. I mean, that's a 10 percent move in 24 hours. Does that make a lot of sense to you? It doesn't to me. Uh, We had a rally late in the day, and all the mega cap tech names. Nvidia is still a little weak, but it was quite remarkable to move up. Work from home. This is a tough time figuring out the valuations on these stocks. Zoom opened at 477. Now look at that. 460 is 461 or two there. I mean. That's crazy. 209 we had for DocuSign. I have at the open. I don't know where it is now. It's 201. Last time I looked there, 202. Look at these big moves. This is in 15 minutes that we're seeing these moves. This tells you they can't figure out what the right valuation for these stocks are. I know there's a big debate. There's a bet that some companies are going to beneficiaries of a second wave pandemic reclosing. I think it's highly unlikely. I agree with Jim. I think it's unlikely we're going to have any big lockdowns here for a long period in the U.S. We're going to try to live with that virus. Healthcare, uh, still a little bit on the downside. We had that weakness yesterday in some of the managed Medicare companies like Centena Molina and the hospitals like Tenet were weak here on the uncertainty regarding the future of Obamacare. Uh, you can see they're still a little bit weak, but it was a rough day for them yesterday. So where are we in the overall markets? Well, we had a 10% correction, folks. It was almost exactly 33.88 in the beginning of September. Then we went to 32.30 yesterday. We were essentially, that's a 10% correction. So uh, we had... Reopening story help. We had tech help at some point. We had uh, some of the value names helping at certain points. Didn't last very long. I think the bull case right now is we just churn around until the election uh, and get various sectors that just keep helping the market basically hold up. Tech drives the rally. We all know that. But other things can come along the way and help. Uh, as well. Uh, as for the IPO market, we got an interesting one today that is not a biotech or a tech, although partially a tech company. We're waiting for good Rx to price on the NASDAQ. That should happen tonight for trading tomorrow. This is an online drug prescription comparison platform. You know them. They're heavily advertised all around. 33 uh, 34 million shares at 24 to 28. This is backed by Silver Lake. And unlike a lot of these tech names, Uh, They're profitable, folks, and they're growing fast. Boy, that's a magic uh, formula there. We'll keep an eye on on that. But that's going to raise close to $900 million. So the IPO parade, folks, uh,
2: continues. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Thanks. Before we go to break, take a look at how treasuries are performing this morning ahead of the Fed chair and the Treasury secretary at House Financial Services. Ten-year... Uh, 67 basis points or so, watching for some of these kinks in the curve. UK is also in focus. The Prime Minister is going to address the nation over there at 8 p.m. local time, unveiling some new restrictions to combat COVID, urging people to work from home and help slow the spread. Yield on the 10-year guilt is rising today. And then take a look at the dollar index as we go to break. About 45 minutes away from the Fed chair on the Hill. Don't go away. Tim Cook weighing in on work-from-home trends during an interview at the Atlantic Festival. Cook said that he's impressed by how Apple employees have adapted to working remotely, uh, but he added that some changes might remain after the pandemic. Take a listen. It's not like being together physically. And so I, I can't wait uh, for everybody to be able to come back into the office. I, I don't believe that we'll return to the way we were because we found that there are some things that actually work really well virtually. That's an interesting departure, Jim, from what Larry Fink and Reed Hastings and certainly Barry Diller have said over the past couple of weeks.
3: Well, I think that when you're out there with Cupertino traffic, uh, when you're out there spending all your time in your car, when you're out there trying to, if you're a believer in in climate change and the idea that you don't want to add to it, uh, when you have Zoom working really well, I think that Tim Cook's right. Uh, I think you don't need to go out much and you don't need to take these big trips and But I think mostly the central office is going to be visited at times and not visited other times. I think that's the way it's going to be. I, I think a working
0: assumption that after the pandemic passes, as soon as possible, of course, that 10 to 15 percent of any workforce will be working remotely at any one time is probably a fair assumption. Yeah, um, like- Will it be more than that at some companies? Will it be less? But that seems to be somewhere in the neighborhood, at least from what I hear from chief executives and other senior executives in terms of their expectations, given what they've seen when it comes to productivity, given what they've seen when it comes to sort of work-life balance, anything you want to go down. Uh, any road you want to go down that that's what they sort of indicated so it is going to be a change right. and by the way jim as well we've talked a lot about it uh, you know people are uh business people are not going to be as likely to get on a plane and take a long trip no. if they don't have to i i did
3: aurora from uh, palo alto never said on air he said look uh, there's a lot of people just gonna you, it's gonna be choice and that's what tim cook i, I think is fine you can have the choice whether to go. And just same way, David, I have the choice to try to book the Bernard on September 30th. They're going to resume service. Uh, capacity restrictions. David, I'm taking you. You heard it here, everybody. I, I would go paying. inside. Look, Bernard this is our repair. I mean, if I'm going to go inside your restaurant, I'm going to his
0: restaurant. Am I going to, we're going to have to be like here, though? I'm going to be at my table. You're going to be at your table
2: over there. Is that where i are going to eat? <laughs> Uh, Just block out some time, guys, because it's going to take a while to get through that meal. Um, Pretty flattish action here ahead of Powell and Mnuchin. VIX is uh, back below 28. We'll take a quick break. Coming up at 1030, the Fed chair and the Treasury secretary in front of House Financial Services on the pandemic response. We'll be watching that closely for any headlines, of course, and full analysis later on today. Don't go anywhere get to stop trading,
3: and Jim? I think one of the most overlooked changes is Facebook's concentration on working with small and medium-sized businesses. It's not overlooked this morning. Oppenheimer takes its target to 300. It says Facebook shops could be a 25 to $50 billion revenue opportunity. That's extraordinary, but you know what? It's the way to start your business. It is hard to start your business with brick and mortar because when you can only have four or five people in a store... It's an abomination. That's better to do it on Facebook. So there you go. Positive news, Facebook.
2: Yeah. In a remarkable interview with uh, Nick Clegg in the FT, Jim, about what they would do to restrict content, user content, if, in fact, things got chaotic after the election today. Pretty interesting. Uh, what's on, Mad tonight? OK,
3: we have Elf, which is uh, eyes with Face. This is a, a terrific little company that does uh, the cosmetics, But I've, we have Jeff Ginnett. And this is really important because if Bookfield's laying off people, if Ralph Lauren's laying on people, how is Macy's going to compete in a world where people tend to not want to go to malls? And it's something that I'm deeply focused on. Can I just go over one more thing? There's almost 200,000 people who have died of COVID. So we may think that I think about it too much. I think I think about it a correct amount.
2: David. All right. Understood. Next show, please. Uh, Jim, we'll see you tonight, Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
1: You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.